Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. It's always a pleasure for me to record these, even if, um, yeah, sometimes coming up with topics is challenging. So, email me your topics. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, welcome. Um, Thank you to those who support the podcast on Patreon. There's six. We're on a 50 listener challenge. So, you know, ample opportunity to join in and support the pod. Um, Pod, the the, uh, webpage to go to, sorry, is patreon.com slash lightfiles. $5 a month is the request. And thank you, thank you, thank you to the patron supporters of this podcast. And thanks in advance to anyone who signs up. It is a quick and painless process. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate you subscribing to the podcast, liking, sharing, all that stuff. It, It really means the world to me. And I love being able to do this. So thank you all for, um, participating and being a part of this project with me. I, again, really love doing it, even when the topics run low. But there's always something going on. There's always new news. So we'll keep them coming. And again, with the 50 listener challenge, I'd really love to start doing some interviews or just getting, you know, other people involved in the podcast. So that's the real motivation there. I know everyone gets tired of just hearing my voice. (laughs) Um, so, uh, let's, you know, let's do the 50 listener challenge and, uh, open it up to more voices. Cause I think that would really benefit us all. Uh, anyone who has listened to this podcast from the beginning or even more than just a few episodes knows that I believe communication and clarity is extremely important in our industry, in our professional lives and in our ability to grow and be successful as an industry. So that's a big part of what I'm doing here, and I'd like to uh, be able to keep doing that. And speaking of, this brings me to my topic of the light files this week. It's um, probably the thing I get questioned intensely (laughs) about the most (laughs) since uh, the Lighting Showroom Association, well, actually the Lighting Showroom Coalition since it started um, but the, since the LSA started, so I thought, you know, I'm a big proponent of clarity and communication. So let's go ahead and talk about this private label program that to be clear, did not launch private label program, regardless of what you might've heard failure to launch did not happen. So let me tell you a little bit about how it started, what the idea was, why I still think it was a good idea maybe just ahead of its time. (laughs) And uh, I'll tell you what happened so that anyone who's not in the LSA and has only heard uh, rumors and rumblings about it can have a better picture of of what happened and what we were trying to do uh, with the private label program, which was uh, brought to us. So the Lighting Showroom Association is open to membership from independent lighting showrooms, their manufacturer partners, their sales agent partners, and service provider partners. Service provider partners being folks like uh, Windward Software, DDI Systems, Lights America, Exo Lights, people that provide a service to many lighting showrooms in the industry. Um, so as a matter of course, with membership, a uh, manufacturer member signed up um, who 
is a longtime veteran of the industry and still works in the industry. Um, but at this point in their career, they were doing independent product development and manufacturing and selling it in different uh, markets to different customers um, in the country. And um, they joined the LSA as a, a manufacturer member. And after they joined, they reached out to the LSA board of directors with a program that, that we called private label, or actually they called private label and we just took the name brand with it. And here was the idea for the program. It was going to be a way that somebody with qualified experience manufacturing, transporting, <laughs> uh, all of the things with product overseas would, would handle that. They, they would handle all of the manufacturing components of it and bring product stateside for our lighting showroom network to purchase and distribute. So, um, it was, a uh, great for LSA member showrooms in that you would have exclusive product, but also that somebody else would be handling all of the stuff that is cost prohibitive for small independent lighting showrooms to do in terms of importing product from overseas. I'm going to take a little sidetrack here and I want to be really clear that this was never intended to compete with manufacturers. It was intended, the program was intended to give independent lighting showrooms an edge because at the end of the day, the Lighting Showroom Association, our mission is the strength, empowerment, growth, and success of the network of independent lighting showrooms across the United States and Canada, the independent lighting showroom. That's, that's our bottom line. So, uh, just want to be really clear on that. <laughs> um, and I also know, uh, another sidebar, a lot of independent lighting showrooms that are larger or even mid-sized now already import a good chunk of their own product. Now, I know different showrooms take different strategies in this. Some showrooms import um, the, the commodity product, the LED can trim retrofits or light bulbs or whatever. So I know some showrooms take that track. And I know some showrooms take the track of just importing uh, decorative product. I've heard various reasons why one works for the other. It probably has more to do with the setup of the business itself and what the, the audience is. Um, if you're just doing a bunch of multifamily and production builder work, having, you know, bringing in recessed uh, trims and disc lights uh, at even lower price, you know, by the container full is probably a, a better strategy than bringing in a bunch of decoratives. But if you have a, a more retail or designer business, having exclusive decorative product would be really enticing. So I know there's a lot of different ways, but I also know that this is something that is happening. Is It's not rampant, I don't think. I think there are a lot of barriers to entry for most lighting showrooms. So they don't um, take this bull by the horns, especially when we're all small businesses, we're all pulled in a million directions, and the last thing we all feel like we need to do is add something else to our to-do list. <laughs> so that's partly why this program was so attractive to us as the board of the LSA. 
because it would take a lot of that burden off, you know, the logistics, the manufacturing hiccups, the getting product overseas, you know, um, transported across the ocean in containers and getting it through the ports and storing it and, you know, um, all the logistics of getting it distributed from um, the port warehouse to all the showrooms across the country. Like somebody else would manage all that and someone with experience doing that, which, you know, lighting showrooms don't have. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's a fine thing. I don't really want that experience. So it was so appealing to us in that we could have exclusive product just for LSA member showrooms and somebody else would take a, a bunch of the logistical manufacturing work and r run that part of it. So, um, we've, you know, put this all together. We put the program out to members. I think there were like, I want to say about a hundred fixtures. They were all decorative across all categories. So bath, uh, dining, pendants, um, flush mounts that you could choose from. And so the idea was that we would, you know, put this fly, you know, whatever, uh, shopping cart out there. Uh, LSA member showrooms could go through and cherry pick what they wanted for their store. They didn't have to take everything. They could only take two of an item if they wanted. And then we would aggregate all those orders together so that um, the company doing the private label program could aggregate everything, meet the minimum order quantities, meet all the freight and creating, I'm sure I'm using the wrong terms, manufacturers, if you're hitting your steering wheels in frustration, I'm really sorry, but I'm not an importer. I do not do this for a living. But basically, we would aggregate all our orders so that we could uh, meet all the requirements necessary to effectively you know, import product from overseas, which would be hard for one small showroom to do on their own, but a bunch of us together could probably do a better job at. So yeah, of course there were some catches in that um, yeah, if you had defective items, there's nobody to deal with that. You had to deal with it from your your own stock. Um, if you ran out of stock of an item, um, you'd have to wait till the next buying opportunity or reach out to other showrooms who also bought the same product to see if they had inventory left. Like for sure, it felt riskier as a showroom. Um, if you picked a product and it didn't sell, there's no returning it for credit. You were just going to have to do something with it or donate it. So there were some risks for showrooms. This was not by any means, you know, a risk-free program. You were getting a good value on the product. You could sell it for a better margin. But also there were some, going to be some risks, risks involved, but then the making higher margin would hopefully offset some of those risks. So um, that was the plan. So we've uh, launched it out to the LSA member showrooms so that they could, you know, go shopping and see what they wanted. But um, it basically stopped before it even began because we didn't even get enough showrooms to participate to do even one order. So... That's fine. It is like I was just saying, it was not for everybody. Not everyone was good with this. There were definitely some risks. Um, sales agents had a lot to say about this program, not going to lie. <laughs> they, I actually expected we would get more pushback from fixture manufacturers on it. Um, most of y'all were gracious and understanding and just knew that we were trying to do a thing. Um, sales agents were 
very offended by the program. And I, again, I'm so sympathetic. I get it. The whole point was one of the biggest issues in the independent lighting showroom is erosion of margin and us showroom owners know it. We feel it every day. We felt it every day for 10 years. It feels like 10 plus years. It feels like the squeeze gets more and more and more all the time. And we have to find ways that, okay, so with this good, I'm going to have to accept this lower margin because this brand sells direct to designers. So there's really nothing I can do about that. I've got to just absorb lower margin on this. So I'm looking for ways to offset that. So for me, a way to offset that was this was a program like this one where, okay, so maybe I only make you know, one, four times cost on this, but over here I can make, I don't know, three times cost. And when I can marry all those things together, it makes for a healthy business. It's really important for me, for my independent business, that we have a healthy mix of margins and distribution and opportunities um, it's not, not one thing is gonna totally float the boat in all situations. And I know this resonates with everyone listening to this because everyone's doing the same thing. We all have to find little ways to diversify and be more strategic so that we can continue to grow and be successful. So I know a lot of people asked about, um, well, why not just do the showroom exclusive programs with manufacturers who already offer that kind of product? You know, I don't like to name check on this program, but there are several that offer um, showroom exclusive products that you can't um, you can't get otherwise. <sighs> I appreciate the place that those programs are coming from. The real problem is, is it's exclusive to showrooms that carry your brands. And that's like every showroom. So there's no edge there. There's no extra margin there. It's the same IMAP. If even the files on the showroom exclusive product are given to XO and Lights America so that, that they can put them up on our website, a lot of times the showroom exclusive product isn't product that shows up on my website, which makes it a complete non-entity for my salespeople and my customers when they're using the website as a way to search for fixtures to show customers and sell. So that doesn't work. And if every showroom has it, it doesn't really feel exclusive. So part of what I liked about this program for the LSA is the LSA member showroom membership is still on the smaller side. We are growing, but there's like 60, 70 showroom members in the LSA. Well, that's a way smaller chunk of showrooms to have exclusive product than, you know, a thousand or 1500 that all have the same exclusive product. They really just didn't feel like there was an edge. And I have to say, I, I keep coming back to this. The real thing that got me excited about this program was the opportunity margin, the, the, <laughs> the margin opportunity. Sorry. It's early in the morning when I'm recording this, but I swear I did have my coffee. So that opportunity to make extra margin is, is really what got me excited and like, yes, we need to give this a shot and see what happens um, because I have to find a way to offset all these other places where I'm losing opportunity. So that's the deal with the private label. It never happened. That was the program. It was pretty straightforward. 
Um, I can't say what would have happened. I can't say, I can't, I can't, you know, predict how it would have gone or whatever. I'm not, I'm just not even going to go there with what, um, you know, what we were thinking might go moving forward because it's totally irrelevant because it never happened. <laughs> uh, only a very, very, very small handful of showrooms even considered making purchases and it wasn't near enough to meet the minimum order quantities uh, that we needed to launch the program. So uh, we called the whole thing off and I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we tried to come up with a program to help independent lighting showrooms. The LSA certainly learned a lot from it. I think the industry learned a lot from it in that there's definitely this need for extra margin for showrooms. And um, I think that that was a valuable lesson all around. Now, here's also what I think. If it is so important to the industry that showrooms do not import their own product, which again, many of them are already doing, but if that's so important, we need to find ways to carve out extra margin in our distribution network that we already have. So we need to find ways to do that and we need to stop diluting our markets. <laughs> I want us all to have different channels of operation. I want us to be strong in our different channels of operation. I want us to be smart about how we approach these different channels. I don't necessarily think um, that selling direct to the trade for every brand is really going to pay off. I think you're just diluting your sales, not increasing them. I think selling direct to consumer is a very, very challenging task. And I think it also does more in the way of diluting uh, sales, you know, spreading it. I don't think you're really getting an increase in sales. You're just diluting them. So th these are all just things that, um, you know, that concerned me, but I understand the value in creating these different avenues and paths for sales. So I'm not, I'm not saying it, well, okay, I'm kind of opposed to it all, but anyway, <laughs> it's totally fine. I'm finding my way. We're living with it. We're dealing with it. I guess the point is like these things exist. We understand we're trying to do our best. However, what is lacking is an opportunity for extra margin for showrooms. So for me, if we're going to do the showroom exclusive product by these brands, uh, they need to have a higher IMAP. They need to have product files and images and product information that can flow through to our websites um, just the same as the regular line of goods. There are ways that we can create this extra margin for showrooms in a smaller category of product that would really benefit us all. It would benefit the showroom and then showrooms would be less likely to go find ways to bring in product themselves or to increase margin themselves um, because there's already these great programs in place. So I, d I feel like I'm harping on this a lot this episode, but it really is important that this message be heard the shrinking of margins of sales in the showrooms is very, very painful and it's hard to navigate and it's hard to find ways to improve it. Some business owners are just geniuses at this and have found really great efficiencies in their business. And uh, that's 
inspiring to me. It's powerful. I know the examples are out there and this can be done. So I, I feel really good about all the possibilities for the future, but the shrinking margin is critical. And I feel like the shrinking margin must be being felt on the manufacturing side too, because why else would you look to opportunities like selling direct to the trade or direct to consumer where you know that there are increases in margin for yourself? I mean, so we're all feeling that. So why not find some collective wisdom there and find a way that our distribution network the distribution network that for many, 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 many decades has really grown the lighting industry in this country, uh, in North America. Like, why don't we try to leverage all these really strong relationships and the strong base that we already have to find more margin for all of us? Like, we should be finding ways to partner together more rather than dilute ourselves. Because that's all we're doing all around is diluting ourselves. And and that isn't creating a strong, substantial industry. It's just creating a more fractured one. So that's the deal with private label. Um, I hope that answered any questions you might have about the program. It was, um, it was a really great idea. I think um, we, again, we learned a lot from it. I really appreciated where the program came from, it really came from a place of trying to do good for independent lighting showrooms, of finding ways to support their business and find a way to bring a little extra balance to sales and margins of sale for uh, independent lighting showrooms. I mean, that was the entire goal of it. It was not to harm manufacturers, it was not to harm sales agents. Everyone understood if the program ever did take off these fixtures would probably only ever be just a fraction of the fixtures sold in a showroom. Even just from the necessity of once you sold through your stock of an item, it was gone and it's not like you could reorder more. That was always going to limit the sales of it. So it was really just kind of intended to be like a small supplement to the bottom line for independent lighting showrooms who chose to participate. But again, failure to launch never even happened. (laughs) And uh, it is what it is. And everyone involved has moved on to bigger and better things. Um, And and that's just fine. I I appreciate the effort that went into trying to make this happen. And the knowing that to many, many people in the industry, Independent lighting showrooms are still important. It's still a business to stand behind. And I appreciate knowing that there is that support out there in our industry. Maybe just not always as publicly voiced (laughs) as, you know, us little lighting showrooms would like. Anyway, that's the story on private label. If you have any questions, of course, send me a message. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are something I didn't cover in this. And thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget patreon.com slash light files. If you have any topics you'd like me to cover on light files, send me a message, give me your take on it. I'll, I'll, I'll get some other input and put out an episode about it. It really is helpful. Anytime y'all have something that you want to talk about, um, or hear about, I, I really, it means a lot to me to, um, get that kind of feedback and thank you so much. 
Everyone take care and I'll talk to you next time.